This is Clementine from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast. Still not bitten. Welcome to the Rated NA podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 138, and uh, we have a special guest today, don't we? Yeah, Melissa Hutchison from uh, Walking Dead, Telltale's Walking Dead, is uh, on the show, and uh, we just got done talking to her. Ooh, it's a good one. Yeah, she is awesome and hilarious and super down-to-earth, and for all of you Walking Dead fans, I think you guys will. um, I think you'll like this one. I think it's a good one. Yeah. It is fantastic. Fantastical. Very fantastical. Yeah. Super, super cool. There's some, you know, there's some talk about pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool because she tells, obviously, we, we, when we've had people on for the first time, they tell us their origin story, how they got started. Um, there's a bit of that, but then she gets into, um, you know, a lot of the the intricacies of playing the character and, and you actually get to hear her, you know, shift into the Clementine voice because she doesn't sound like Clementine all the time. You know, she has to actually, yeah. you know change your voice up a lot and and hearing that transition is pretty fucking awesome so i'll tell you yeah. something interesting i learned which was that she they they made the conscious decision to lower clementine's voice because she aged obviously yeah. between the first season and second season yeah. yeah and i thought that was a really nice it was kind of an impressive touch like a good attention to detail yeah kind of thing well and the fact that she can shift between oh here's like season one clementine she did season one clementine for us and she's like and here's season two and you can actually tell the audible difference. Yeah. Like season two is a little bit more jaded, like a little bit more badass. They're like, oh, I totally, I can hear that, you know. Oh, so, you guys are going to love it. So yeah, you good. Guys love it a lot. She's great. So good. Let's do the rundown. So on today's podcast, of course, we will briefly talk about what we've been up to. And then we are going to go straight into our interview with Melissa, which I'm sure everybody will love. And then, uh, and then we're going to get out of here. Does that sound yeah, good? Yeah. Sounds good to me. That sounds good. Cool. And today's episode is once again brought to us by brought to you by uh, audible.com. We are super happy to have them as a sponsor. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has been has over 150,000 titles to choose from in every genre: thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi. I know Scott, you keep talking about uh, the uh, Ron Paddle, Swanson book, Paddle, Paddle Your Own Canoe. Actually, I finished that. So if anybody has any audiobook recommendations for me let me know send me an email or let us know in the comments that is awesome uh audible titles play on the iphone kindle android and more than 500 devices for listening anytime anywhere and you our dear friends and listeners can get a free audiobook by going to www.audibletrial.com slash rated na and uh, that helps out the podcast and we deeply appreciate it so absolutely thank you audible and thank you guys for supporting us you buy books we get to eat dinner that's how it works. So, Scott, what have you been up to? Um, well, the okay, so last month, um, as part of the Xbox Live Games with Gold promotion, one of the games that they offered was Sleeping Dogs from Square Enix, which was a game that I had actually wanted to play and just never had the time to do it. So I've been playing it, and I think I talked about it a little bit last week, and it's I actually really enjoy it. I think that the storyline, while it may be somewhat predictable, 
I, I think is compelling enough. And I'm, you know, in these open world games, the story is kind of sometimes you kind of pay attention to it and sometimes you just drive cars around and you shoot at people. Lost. Yeah. 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 But, you know, my engagement with the story in this particular game is surprisingly good. And characters that show up um, actually kind of care about what's happening to them. So I think from that respect, it's it's a measure, you know, a good measure of a game. And the thing that I like about Sleeping Dogs is what is different about this game is that it places less of an emphasis on the gunplay. And it has sort of a melee fighting system, you know, with light and heavy attacks and grapples and counters and stuff like that. So I kind of like that. It's a refreshing twist on the um, open world driving around in cars genre, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So um, like I said, I would recommend, you know, if you got it for free, if you're Xbox live gold member, you should definitely play it. Otherwise I've been kind of busy with work. So haven't had a lot of time to do anything, any other kind of gaming. I did get into the, I don't. I, I guess I can say this. People have posted videos about this online, so I could talk about it. But I got into the Steam in-home streaming beta. Oh, cool! Yeah, and so what this allows you to do is, I think this is a thing that everybody's been waiting for with respect to Steam OS, which is the ability to run your game on a sort of beefy, you know, desktop computer, if you will, and stream it to another device in your home. And at this point, you know, it's a device that has to run Steam on it, but. Um, I think this offers some interesting possibilities for the future where, I don't know, maybe someday you'll be able to do this on your iPad or... So what know. are you streaming it to to your TV? Okay, Did so right say? now... Sorry. Well, right now I don't have it hooked up to a TV, but what, oh, I, okay. what I briefly tested was I grabbed my wife's older laptop, which, you know, I I wouldn't install Steam on it and I wouldn't... I mean, you have to install Steam, but I wouldn't download the games for the space considerations right, right. and... I, you know, that machine's not beefy enough to run any of those kinds of games. So I started out with something that I considered to be pretty simple, which was the Shadowrun game. It wasn't something that required a lot of synchronization because it wasn't right. sort of a Twitch-based game. And it ran surprisingly well. Like, it actually looks good. There's audio. The graphics look good. You know, it was cool. kind of s- scaled down for the Were you, the were you wired into your router for both or, or wireless? The desktop computer is wired into the router but the laptop was wireless and from reading from watching some of the videos online that people have posted on this on this same beta program it would appear as if steam placed more of an emphasis on keeping the latency low as opposed to maintaining the frame Frame rate rate. and i think that's going to be important if you know people want to play games like bioshock infinite or Mm -hmm. um like splinter cell or assassin's creed or something like that so Um, I, I tried that out briefly and I, it's, it seems very promising. I mean, obviously the dream is that if you can buy, you know, something like a hockey puck, like the size of a Roku or even like a Google Chrome, um, Chromecast or something and plug a controller into that and play, play steam games on your couch with that steam controller. I think that would be really awesome. Yeah. And this would be impossible because it wouldn't be able to run steam, but the, I think Asus is releasing a Chromebook style desktop computer. That's a super low power. You can plug into a TV and. Yeah, I mean, man, at this point, if you can get Steam, if you can get the Steam platform onto it, it's it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, I don't know how well it runs with something beefy, but I was using an older laptop, and so far so good. So there you go. Hmm. That's really cool. Um, other than that, just plain 
you know, the Dragon Age energy game. What is that called? Dragon Age Hero. Heroes of Dragon Age. There we go. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Branding. So, Matt, what's uh, what's going on with you? Oh, I had a, a super interesting week. Did you? Uh, yeah. Um, a massive allergy attack. Oh, One of the yeah. worst ones I've had in quite a long time. So that kind of put me out for like three days, four days. I'm like, just now, this is my last day of taking all the crazy medications I had to take to get off of it. It's scary business. It is. It's rough. It's like, because you know, Ash, you also have terrible allergies. Yeah. I don't think I puffed up like you do, though. I like it. Under, yeah. In a very long time. Well, like, usually if you do, you can take Benadryl and kind of sleep it off. Mm-hmm. And, like, you wake up the next morning and you're like, well, that really sucked, you know, ruined your night or whatever. And when I took it, Benadryl, and then woke up the next morning and, w- and was worse <laughs> than the night before, I was like, this <laughs> yeah. is a bad sign. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm over that. But uh, I did manage to watch Captain Phillips uh, as part of the oscar burn down chart of, of movies that i need to watch and it is intense man that movie is fucking tom hanks gotta love the hanks man he's god he is so trusted man in america when i like saw wanted- that he was on nerdist like twice those i mean not to toot chris hardwick's horn but those interviews with tom hanks are like some oh, of the best great. episodes ever he's just yeah, so yeah, they're great there. He's just, he's just unbelievable. Like, I mean, he's, you want to hate him. Like at some point, you want something, you want him to fail in some way, you know, like, like whether he, like you find out he's been like embezzling money for 10 years or something like just something like crazy that you, you want him to be bad at. Or, or even or, like, if he like suck. owned a sweatshop, I'd be like, oh, yeah. it's okay. It's a, it's a Tom Hanks sweatshop. It's totally so, fine. <laughs> he'd probably show there and he'd be like the only sweatshop that like everybody's well paid and no one's actually yeah. sweating, you know? <laughs> right. I would be well okay with something shop. far less like if he was unable to shoot free throws or something. You know? Yeah, sure. That's, that's got, whatever. But uh, but the movie. I mean, I know everybody. You should probably know the story and probably what the tail outcome is. But it's because uh, it, I think it is based on the actual occurrence, right? The, yeah, it is. It's happened a few years um, ago too. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, but but man, it is. It's shot like superbly well. The Somalian actors are unbelievable. Like so good in the movie. And then Tom Hanks, of course, is just brilliant. And a lot of it is really. Just him and the and I blanking on the other guy's name, but him and the main pirate um, that takes over the ship. A lot of it takes place just between him, the two of them, and it, it's just super intense and done super well. Uh, I don't know why I avoided it in the theater. I just I just didn't. I don't know. I don't like tense movies in the theater. Like it, usually, people mm. take me out of it. They kind of ruin it for me when I'm watching movies yeah, like that. That's true. So it's easier to watch like fun. Hollywoody movies in the theater, and then these kind of movies I usually enjoy a lot more at home. But yeah. highly recommended Captain Phillips if you somehow didn't see it, but yet it's a uh, it's very good, awesome. Um, and uh, that's kind of it. Did I play some more Bioshock? Still playing that, trying to get through it. Not that sounded terrible. Just playing it and enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting just through it, plodding through it. You know, um, and. I think that's about it, really. Uh, some other stuff, life stuff happening, but nothing really in the nerd realm. Um, Ash, you're it. Uh, my wife went out of town, so I, I pulled like a 24-hour gaming session and, and plowed through uh, Dead Rising 3. <laughs> I saw that you unlocked about, about 10 achievements in the span of a day. For, yeah, it yeah. was pretty incredible. I, I would turn it into a total um, cave dweller, which was actually pretty awesome. Um, I actually ended up really enjoying the Dead Rising 3 experience. It was um, really frustrating at times. Um, it is, okay, so it's the first really large open world Dead Rising game, and they kind of put you in a fake 
Los Angeles and let you run around during the zombie apocalypse. And um, the main mechanic of the game is the collection of different items that you combine into different weapons. And then you can use the different weapons to, you know, wreak havoc on hordes and hordes of zombies. Um, I guess the the thing that makes this next gen is the number of zombies that have on the screen. So mm. there are literally hundreds upon hundreds of them that are walking around at the same time. And you kind of have to just plow your way through them with all these weapons that you craft and put together. Um, in terms of the narrative and stuff, uh, I, I enjoyed it more than the other dead rising games. I thought there were parts of it that were actually kind of funny. Um, it, it, I, unfortunately, you know where this game falls apart is like none of the supporting characters are really all that well developed um you know it's it's very bare bones right mm-hmm. everyone's kind of a, a cookie cutter kind of character which is a bit of a bummer um also there's some like the design i don't know why they designed the city in the way they did but you're constantly backtracking like in a bad sort of way and there's no fast travel oh so so they'll make you go from like one edge of the city to another edge of the city and it's during, like, and I'm telling you, there are literally tens of thousands of zombies between you and the other end of the city. So you'll have to go there and they're like, oh, now go back. And you'll be like, fuck, like, I just plowed my way through an entire horde of these fuckers and now I have to go do it again. And you do that for like 30 hours straight, just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, yes. The other thing that really bugged me about it, and I know I'm speaking kind of negatively of it, but um, I, I did enjoy playing it because the, the fighting is just so much fun. But... Um, the mechanic of the the actual missions is very MMO, meaning that it's um, just fetch quest after fetch quest. So oh no, every yeah every single person that you meet, they'll be like, I need you know ten samuflanges. I need you know fifty five you know fire beetle eyes, and you're like fuck okay. So you'll go out and you know maul zombies forever and ever and ever, and then you know bring it back to the person, and then they'll they'll join up with you. Um, I was really excited because you can save other survivors and they can join you as AI companions. But um, the problem is, is when AI companions die, they kind of enter into this like semi permadeath state that hmm. lower that lowers your overall, I guess, ranking at the end of the game because uh, this is a Capcom game. So Japanese, get, yeah. So yeah. Um, and so the unfortunate thing is the AI uh, companion AI is pretty abysmal. It uh, they get you know, just destroyed by zombies so like even though you have like a a legion of survivors by the end of the game you can't ever really take them out because they'll die so you collect all these people you know some of them are like cops and some of them are you know military guys but you can't ever take them out because they'll just die so you just leave them in the in the (laughs) little storage room the whole time which is a bit of a bummer yeah um so that that's some negative stuff but you know the combination of weapons is pretty awesome you build some just totally zany off the wall you know amazing things that you could just you know devour enemies with which is really fun um the music i really enjoyed uh you know and for a launch title for the xbox one i really felt like it was pretty solid i i uh i enjoyed it so you know if you're kind of looking for something to tide you over until titanfall then you know i would say pick up dead dress and three at least give it a shot um the other thing very briefly that I'm, i'm really excited about that i have to mention is um I, I grew up reading X-Men comics and some of my earliest memories are playing X-Men with my friends. Like we would just beat the shit out of each other and be like, I'm Wolverine, I'm Colossus. <laughs> and we just like pound the ever living hell out of each other. And I'd like fake make out with rogue. And you know, I, I had like, the, I'm serious. Like I was like such an X-Men fan. Oh, Bobby. Kid. Oh yeah. Seriously. It was ridiculous. Um, and I hadn't read X-Men in a really long time because for a while there, 
um, in the early 2000s. It just got really contrived and just really bad. Um, and I read this article, and I'm just going to give IGN a pat on the back. They put a, an article up a few days ago that said, you know, these are some Marvel comics that you sh- should be reading now. And on that list was um, All New X-Men, written by Brian Michael Bendis. And I, had, I loved Bendis' writing all the way back to Powers, and I was like, I, need, I just need to check this out. So um, on Comixology, I downloaded the first couple issues, and it is a beautiful, beautiful story. Every single issue gives me chills because... As a kid, these characters were like my family. Like I read it every single week. I talked about it with my friends constantly. I knew everything about the X-Men, everything about any mutant that had ever existed. I just knew about because that was that was my life as a kid. I was such a big fan. And then all this weird shit happened to the team and it just that it lost that sense of family. Like the characters during the Claremont era really loved and cared about each other and um they kind of lost that. And this brings it back to that. They have whole issues that are just like Jean Grey and Beast building a motorcycle together for like five pages. And you're like, oh, thank God. It's just like an intimate character story. Awesome. And all the fights are so well drawn and so well scripted. Um, they feel like a lot of times, unfortunately, comic book fights can feel very um, disorganized because you're like, why is that character over there? He was just over there. What's going on? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like hectic feeling. But uh, either, you know, however it's drawn and written, it, it all feels wonderful and the relationship between the characters is great it's hilarious like i've been laughing out loud at these comics just the the banter between the characters is spot on um all the guests they bring in they don't feel like money grabs they feel like oh it makes sense that this guest star is showing up like when the avengers show up you're like i understand why they're there and it totally makes sense so um you know even if you're not a massive x-men fan but if you're a marvel fan at all uh, definitely pick up all new X-Men. Um, they're like $2 an issue now on Comixology, and I think there's a couple trades out too, but definitely go check it out. Cool. That's yeah. cool. You yeah. were making noises all through the nope. while reading it. <laughs> the, uh, I what, was, what? yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the big game, you mean. Uh, yeah, yeah Superb Owl. The Superb Owl. Superb, yes. yeah, that, the, the words we can't say. Yep. But um, So anyway, that's about it for now. Enjoy our interview with uh, Melissa Hutchison, and then we'll be back uh, and wrap things up and get out of here. So thank you, guys. All right, so we're here with Melissa Hutchison, who's the voice of Clementine in the Telltale Games Walking Dead series. Melissa, thank you so much for coming by our little show, and um, we are just massive fans of your performance and of you, so thanks for coming by. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be here, and thank you. I'm always happy to talk to fans of the game, fans yeah. of Clementine, so we, the honor is all mine. We are huge fans. Um, where are you right now? Are you Are you in California? I am currently sitting on my couch in my apartment in Berkeley, California, with my little dog sitting next to me. Awesome. What kind of dog do you have? Um, he's like a chihuahua pug concoction. Matt, it sounds like your dog, what? kind of. I have a chihuahua French bulldog mix. Oh, my God. You're going to need to send me a picture of that. Yeah, I think so. We're going to have to trade Yeah, him. well, yes. Dog friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's super cool. Um, when you emailed me a couple of days ago, you were saying that you were you're up in the mountains adventuring. What were you doing out there in oh. the wilds? 
In the wilds, in the wilds of the Sierra, as I was. Is that um, Whenever I, was, I hear mountains, I get excited just because we're in Florida and we have none. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's kind. Those mountains are actually kind of my lifeline out here. I, I have to say that's, especially living in the Bay Area. I'm like, three hour drive from Yosemite, three hour drive from Tahoe. So that's that's basically one of the main reasons that I keep my claws locked into the Bay Area. But I was actually celebrating a friend's birthday right outside of Yosemite at Tanaya Lodge. And we got to see snow, and I got to hug some trees, and it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, unfortunately, where we, we live in central Florida, so there's not a ton of nature here, especially mountains. We, we don't have right. anything like that, so... Every time I get to go up there and actually see mountains, I get very excited. Um, so let's start talking about you. And I don't know. I don't actually hear about mountains, but um, <laughs> start ranting. I could talk um, about mountains for five hours straight. I know, right? <laughs> um, when did you find out that you could actually uh, make so many different voices? And when did you find out you actually had a talent for for that? Um, you know, I've been I've been making the voices since ah uh, God since I since I can remember having a memory. Um, I've just always grown up making voices for my stuffed animals and um, kind of imitating people. And uh, my mom was always really creative with us in that way too, where she'd kind of do little puppet shows with our stuffed animals and all of our stuffed animals had like different voices. And I just, I think from the moment I could basically make words, I've been... I've been doing voices. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. When did you kind of uh, ever? We we talked to a lot of voice actors on the show just because we're huge fans of the medium. Um, everyone seems to have a different story about how they got into the industry, and a lot of people seem to fall into it kind of randomly. How did yeah. you actually end up voice acting? And was it something that you went after for a long time, or did you just end up knowing someone, or what? Ended yeah. Up happening? Um. That's funny. That's I actually really did pretty much fall into it. Um, I, I did grow up doing stage, doing theater, um, theater, theater, sorry, my Missouri <laughs> slips out every once in a while. I did some theater growing up. Um, and, um, I just, it's interesting because I always, you know, watching cartoons and, and, and the Muppets and all this animation and puppetry and all this, I, I always knew that there was like, a human behind it, but I never really put it together till later on. That's probably a different story. I'm getting off the subject. No, no, I, 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 I believe the same thing though. Like I watched so many cartoons as a kid. I was absolutely obsessed and it never really dawned on me that the cartoons weren't real creatures yeah. and real characters. Right. Like I always just thought that they were, you know, they were living, breathing cartoons it's and I smart. didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. That there was someone needed a booth someplace. So I, I totally know what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first realization well, the first one that really hit home with me um, was watching the Tracy Ullman show when The Simpsons came out. And oh, yeah. And hearing was, yeah. Bart Simpson and going, oh, wait a minute, and finding out that it was a woman, in fact, that was doing the voice. And I was just like, what? Whoa, that's it all makes sense. And it was like this light bulb went off, and I was like, oh, man. Like I At that point, I put into my head, like, that is something I, I totally I would love to do. And then, you know, life happened and years went by and took till about my mid-twenties. Um, my best friend's cousin uh, was doing 
um, some tags for Sprint. And I was like, oh, yeah, voiceover, duh. Like, how do I, I need to, like, start researching this and find out how I get into it. Mm-hmm. And here's where that fall into it thing happened. Because mm-hmm. I actually went to high school with a very good friend of mine, Nate Tico. And he's, you know, he's my agent. He works for an agency for Stars, my agency, Stars Agency here in oh, okay. San Francisco. And I just went in one day to like, hey, like Nate, like how do I, you know, want to get into this voiceover business? This is something I've been wanting to do, and and here I am. And he basically just started bringing me in for for auditions. So I really skipped a lot of the hoops that people have to jump through. Oh wow! That's, so there was a lot of luck involved. Yeah, that's both. awesome. It, it seems like yeah. that's always the way in this industry, you know, in, in gaming. Like people just end up knowing the right person at the right time, and like magic happens, which is which is pretty cool. Um, now, when we talk to voice actors, they always have a story of some role that was completely exhausting for them, where they blew their voice out, um, where they you know were just kind of taxed beyond belief. Do you have any, without actually naming the gig because we don't want you to get in trouble, do you have any stories or memories of uh, a time when you were going, like learning the ropes of voice acting where you just kind of overdid it? Um, yeah, I mean, oh gosh, there's kind of a few of those. Um, I actually did that for season one of The Walking Dead. And this is, you know, I'm a seasoned voice actress by this time. So that was just plain stupid on my behalf. Mm-hmm. But they asked me to, uh, I can't remember which episode it is in season one, but there's this woman that you have to decide if you're going to shoot her or not because she's being attacked by zombies. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she's just out in the street screaming, basically, her head off, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. doing this, like, and uh, for, like, two weeks after that recording session, and thankfully it was going on vacation, but for, like, two weeks I was like two octaves lower in my register. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, that's it. I've totally screwed myself. I am now the deep voiced woman and I'm never going to be able to do kids voices again. <laughs> you had the, you had the but party that was voice. Dumb. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like <laughs> the smoking cigarettes, whiskey drinking. Yeah, that'll be my voice. shtick from now on <laughs> the party voice. So, um, and that's, that like I said, it was so much fun. I couldn't say no because I wanted to scream like I was being murdered um, by <laughs> yeah. zombies. But in in the beginning, doing a lot of the, um, like, boy voices because it, it kind of is this tightening of your stomach and pushing out and tightening your throat. And, you know, I had a few, like, three-hour recording sessions for this toy that I was working on, and it was ongoing for a while. And, yeah. you know, by the end of the third hour, I was just like, all I wanted to do was go like stare at a wall and yeah, that's drink. Rough. I don't know. <laughs> and no, I mean we we hear stories of you know some voice actors come on and they they tell stories where they you know damage their voice to the point where they can't work for a couple of months and it, it seems like it, since it's such a a physical um, in a strange way a physical type of acting that you're using you know so many muscles in your throat and your chest that you can actually yeah. mess yourself up pretty good you know. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, I. I recently, uh, over Thanksgiving, I went home to Missouri and I went to Silver Dollar City, which is an amusement park out there. And I went on this ride, uh, this roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to scream. And oh my God, I like totally blew out. I mean, <laughs> I could have easily have like just destroyed any semblance of a vo- vocal cord ever yeah, just yeah. by going on that ride because <laughs> I was screaming. 
my head off. So, but thankfully, <laughs> knock on wood, um, I haven't had too too much. Just just I would say that one time with The Walking Dead where I did that, mm. I did notice for a couple weeks that that things had changed, and I was like, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, so, let, let's start talking about The Walking Dead because. Um, I'm excited to ask you a lot of questions, and our community actually asked a bunch of questions too, so I'm excited to see how you answer those. But um, I heard rumors that, and I might have actually seen this on a panel, I don't remember where I originally heard this, I'll be honest, but um, I heard rumors that originally they were going to cast an actual child for the role of Clementine, and then you auditioned and kind of changed their mind. Is there any truth to that, or how did the audition process actually go? Well, I would love to take full credit for that. Then they heard me, and they were like, <laughs> ah, and the angels sang, and all was good in the world. Um, they were actually, I mean, just because it is The Walking Dead, and, and obviously these characters are very real, very realistic, not cartoony. I mean, it had to be a real-sounding kid. So they were auditioning... Um, I think probably 10 to 13 year old girls um, and myself at the same time. Okay. That audition, it wasn't like I auditioned once and it was like, you know, nailed it. And I mean, they, I think I, I had like two or three other callbacks because they were, you know, this is casting a a kid as, as a main character is already pretty risky. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, Kids are, you know, can be annoying. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think all in all, I, I've been told by certain people from Telltale that like, they were like, you know, yeah, you had it the whole time. We just needed to hear some kids' voices. Um, and, um, I guess it just comes down to, it's such an emotional game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there had to be so much power in the emotion in the acting that they weren't sure if an actual kid had enough, <laughs> I guess this is horror, horror and tragedy and sadness in their lives at this yeah, point yeah. to pull that kind of, you know, deep emotional effect off. And um, thankfully, in my 30-whatever years, I um, have all that. But yeah. no, it was, um, it's interesting too because I, when I do kids' voices, I, I mostly do boy voices and then my girl voices I can I can do them pretty well but the little girls usually end up sounding a little cartoony mm-hmm. but for some reason with Clementine that voice just got locked in and you know I had writers who didn't know who I was from the game approach me and were like oh my god I totally thought you were a kid this is yeah. so I mean it's it's like the best compliment ever I had, yeah I had me. no idea when I initially heard that voice that that was coming out of an adult it kind of it kind of blew my mind and i i pay close attention to that stuff because i'm kind of a you know i love voice acting and but it, I, I um very quickly because i know scott has a question but is the clementine voice just something you can do on the fly now do you have to do anything special to prep for it or can you just talk like her whenever you want to well, it's kind of weird because this is littler clementine and this is how she sounded then and now she sounds more like this. So it's very strange and it kind of freaks people out, but it's just something that happens really easily with me. <laughs> My mind is blown. What? I can't handle it. It's ridiculous <laughs> that you can just do that whenever you want to. I mean, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nerd out for a second um, before Scott has his yeah. question. But I, okay, <laughs> this performance, like I, we talked about this so much on the show, and we actually had other uh, voice actors on the show too that were talking about your performance and how amazing it oh. was. Um, oh. 
Yeah, well, I, I'll Shucks. just call her out. But Ashley Birch, who um, does the voice of Tiny Tina in Borderlands, was a huge fan, and we actually oh, talked about. Oh, that's awesome! I, yeah, I think she's rad too. Yeah, oh, cool. we talked about it a whole episode when we talked about Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, but um, you know, there was something magical about, and you were talking about the emotion that went into this character. Um, and it, I think it was a combination of the quality of the voice acting, uh, not just from yourself, but from the whole cast and the quality of the writing. Um, it, we, we talked about on the show that adventure games weren't selling well at all. Um, and it wasn't something that people, no one was expecting this to be, you know, game of the year 40 plus times over. Right. Um, I know. And then, I mean, how, how I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but how did that feel for you all of a sudden? I mean, you ended up getting like a VGA and stuff for it too. So how did that feel all of a sudden to get all that attention and all that recognition from the gaming community? Um, you know, it's, it was very surreal. It continues to be surreal. Like the whole, um, once the episode, episode one was released and all of a sudden, you know, we're like, oh, wow, this, wow, people are really liking it. We're getting these great reviews. This is really cool. Episode two and episode three and episode four. And I mean, it just went on and by episode yeah. five, we were just all kind of like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And the VGAs, like, that, seriously, that whole night in general seemed like this surreal dream. Oh, I bet. It was so, like, crazy being there. And I was so, I mean, beyond the fact that I won the award, which was, like, oh, my God, mind blown. Yeah. But then when they took Game of the Year, this little, little company from, you know, Marin, California, you know, took Game of the Year, you know, against these huge... Massive games, absolutely. Massive games. It was just, like, one of the happiest moments of my life. And then they were also, you know, me and Dave were also nominated for BAFTAs and went in England, which is basically, like, their Academy Awards. Um, Wow. So we got to go to London and... Telltale won, I think, at least two or three BAFTAs that evening, which was just another one of those, like, how did I get here? You know, I kind of look around and I'm, like, just blown away. But at the same time, working on the game, it's been such a special process that even though it seems surreal, it also feels insanely right because it's just an amazing game. It is. It really is. It's one of the few games in in recent years, well, I'll say ever, that I've, Ever. I'll just say it. I, I cried at the end a bit. Um, oh yeah, it's emotional. You know, the, it's very emotional. Yeah, episode five, season yeah. one. I was like, I'm. For those that are listening, there's going to be a spoiler here if you haven't played season one. Everything, right. all of our listeners have played by now. But the scene where you have to choose whether or not you kill Lee, like that big emotional moment. Um, I couldn't right. do it because, like, there's this like nerd in me that's like, no, no, he's, he'll be okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. he, he's all right. He, he might, just has he the might flu. Make it somehow. Yeah, like he'll yeah, come back ne- right. next season. He's just yeah. sick. He's just goofing around. But, um, <laughs> right. I, of course, you know that was wishful thinking. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was incredibly well done and incredibly emotional. And I think the the tone that you guys hit as a group between the, the writers and the producers and the voice actors and and basically everyone, the audio guys, everybody. Um, you created a tone that hasn't really been felt in a lot of games. It was so emotional, so um, dark, but dark in a realistic kind of way. And I, I think um, that's why so many people really loved it. Like, I, f- I hear very few bad things about the series, you know. And, and it's from people that don't even really like adventure games. So it's pretty cool right. that it's done and, so and well. I think 
one of the brilliant things that the game definitely did was was inspire even debate around what happened in the game and how you played through it. You know, I mean, even for the parts that that we would all talk about, we would be like, oh, I don't know, I thought we should have done this, or you know, it should have gone this way, or you know, all these like things that cause discussion, which I thought was pretty amazing because I don't think games always do that. They don't. <laughs> You know, you might talk about something that happened in a game, and then it's like, oh yeah, that happened, and then like, like, it's fine. And right. this game was more talking about why it happened and why you made a decision you made, and and what the fallout was from it, and it was pretty kind of amazing. I, th- I think yeah. the other there, there may have, I was going to say there there may have been an argument on this podcast at one time about the merits <laughs> of whether or not you should take supplies out of the back <laughs> of someone's automobile. Car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Clementine will remember that. Yes. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good, Scott. Yeah, I guess well anyways, my question was uh when when you auditioned for The Walking Dead, did you know what it was? Cuz sometimes, you know, people go in for to audition for a game and because of all the all the secrecy, they don't even really tell you mm. what it is. They just have you read some lines and they go, Oh, by the way, this is, you know, so-and-so this is gears of war or something like that. You know, I know it was, it was right away. It was, uh, our, you know, my agency sent out, uh, the auditions and they were titled telltale games, the walking dead. And I was just like, Oh wow. Very cool. Cause I was already, I hadn't yet read the comics, but I was already a fan of, I think season one of the show was out, out mm-hmm. and finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was already a huge fan. So yeah, that was actually one of our listener questions, one of our listeners wondered if you were a fan of the universe in general. So, yes, definitely, like big time. Um, and uh, of Robert Kirkman's work in general, I just he's the man is brilliant, sick and brilliant. Sick, sick. <laughs> I'm glad you added the sick there because it's like, yes. he definitely has the once you fall in love with someone, you, you better not hold on to them too tightly. Yeah, don't <laughs> hold on. Right. No, that was, in, in fact, that was one of the highlights of the VGAs for me was actually getting to meet him. Like we chatted quite a few times. Well, quite a few times, like three times, whatever the yeah. count. Um, he was just, you know, it was good to actually be able to tell him to his face like wow man i am a huge fan i admire your work this is yeah so insane that i'm even being affiliated with you right now yeah, so absolutely well he must have been um, thrilled that it turned oh, yeah. out so well too because a lot of times you know creatives hand off their project their ips to you know different studios and stuff and just trash comes out you know right and, and to see something that's right. so you know well regarded come out of of you know, Telltale and everyone loving it. He must have just been like, "Oh, those shit!" Like the TV show's good, the comics good, and now the game's good. He's like, "I'm feeling pretty good about myself." <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm pretty sure I could again be making this up, which I tend to make stuff up. Um, I'm pretty sure he had a bit to do with the, you know keeping keeping up with the creative process that was going on mm-hmm. um, at Telltale. I mean. You know, I think they kept him in the loop and probably sent scripts his way and say, "Hey, here's what we're thinking of doing." But I, again, I could be totally making that up. Um, <laughs> but now I can't remember what the question was. Sorry, well, I, don't, I, I don't started talking. Either about- it's okay. We'll we'll just keep forging ahead. Um, now, it was interesting. Like season two, Clementine becomes the main protagonist. And sorry if that's a spoiler for you guys listening. Hopefully, you know that by now. But was it was it at all daunting for you to kind of have that much? Um, weight on your shoulders because clementine you know while she was she and lee were the main characters in the first game you know the 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 player was playing the role of lee and kind of protecting clementine and teaching clementine throughout the first 
uh, first game's narrative. So what was it like all of a sudden when you got the message like, hey, you know, this game's going to be about you and, and the players going to be playing you? Were you afraid that players maybe they might be a little weirded out by playing as a 10-year-old protagonist, a 10-year-old female protagonist, which I don't think has really been done ever in a game before, to my right. knowledge. Right. Is that I, yeah. at all strange? I was, yeah, I was super stressed out, to be totally honest. I mean, I was psyched. Part of me was just like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, she's, you know, season two is going to kick ass. I, oh, I can't wait. Such a great I can't wait for, for more. I'm so excited. I know. I can't. I can't either, people. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm Clementine herself. Um, I was, de- there was definitely a bit of stress, though, because I know, like, the fans are so protective of her. And, and I thought that some people might be bummed out because they wanted to continue playing as a character that would keep protecting her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some time's gone by, so she is a bit older. I mean, you know, she's basically like a 10, 11-year-old, but she has the mentality of like a, you know, 15-year-old who's mm-hmm. seen way too much. Um, so there had to be transitions with the voice and... um. Yeah, I was nervous. It was kind of a lot to 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 take in. Um, but then seriously, like the second we started recording, like the voice had been locked in. I get the synopsis, we start reading the scripts and it was just like, "Ugh, why was I ever even stressed out?" That's awesome. This is going to be amazing because the writers at Telltale are freaking genius. Yeah, they're they pretty great. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um yeah, so it, it fell into place. I I definitely had my like, oh, how's this going to turn out? But then as soon as we started recording, it was like, oh yeah, this is this is natural. This is how it's meant to be. So yeah, I mean, and as a, a fan of the series, and as someone who really enjoyed the first game, it was great to see that everything that happened in the first game, all everything that Lee taught her, kind of actually impacted her, uh, impacted her in the second game. Like a lot of the things she right. learned. You really felt the growth of the character, which I thought was awesome. And, um, you know, it was so great to play as her because I was like, I'm a little badass. Like, she was such a little badass in the first episode of season two. And, like, actually yeah. killing a zombie as a, a smaller, a little you know, a little bit weaker character um, right. is much more gratifying. You know? It completely like, changes the dynamic to it play does, as her. It does, absolutely. Because yeah. you're, you're a little bit more scared. You're like, okay, well, I can't just, like, punch this thing in the face and you know, in one hit right. kill it. So it was yeah, you um, have brains yeah. and the slight brawn, right? Yeah, absolutely. Be quicker so it was, takes more, uh, more strikes. Yeah, the whole yeah they that I think that that was yeah exactly how they transitioned her in for this season and how you're playing as her is I don't know again it's pretty awesome. brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, Scott, do you want to take this next one? Oh, I was going to ask if, you know, during the recording process, I guess more so on um, season one, did you did you always record solo or did you have the opportunity to record alongside other voice actors or just because of the nature of the game, did you always have to do it solo? Yeah, unfortunately, we all, we record solo. Um, it just time-wise and schedule-wise and I'm sure money-wise and all of these things that add up together um it's just too hard to get all of us in the booth at the same time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it of course would be i mean i think any voice actor would agree with me that it would be ideal to work with the other actor in the room to bounce off each other's energies but um Mm -hmm. 
we we recorded alone. Um, I didn't even meet Dave until episode three of oh, season wow, really? one. Yeah, I mean, it was instant. Like, yay, Dave! I mean, we were instant family at that point. But um, you know, it's cool though because the the voice director Julian Kwasniewski, um, or Quas as we call him, um, <laughs> he reads with us. So it's not like I have to just blindly read a line like he reads with us and he's actually a really good actor and he has a couple of um parts in uh both season one and two of the walking dead oh cool oh, awesome. Um, awesome just small and he usually ends up dying but um <laughs> but you dies, have you have so. someone to play <laughs> off of exactly yeah. yeah but he um yeah he reads with us and uh for the last episode of season one we had um david recorded before me so they were able to play his lines like through my headphones. Ugh. So I did at least get to hear the horrible sadness. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of the, those emotions in that last episode out. were probably pretty real. <laughs> like, yeah. Your sadness was, was probably pretty real at that point. Yeah, the tears were not hard to – I mean it was just right when we started rolling. It was just like, ugh. It was very, very sad. That's awesome. So uh, yeah. we are we're huge convention nerds, and we go to as many as we can possibly get out to. Um, cool. Can you talk a little bit about um, heading to conventions yourself, and what some of your interactions with fans have been? Have you had much of an opportunity to to do that so far? Yeah. Well, you know, thanks to The Walking Dead, I'm actually being invited to these things. No, that's awesome. Um, I know. I let's see. Last year, I went to God. Where did I go? I went to Dragon Con for the first time, which oh, cool. was we've actually never been. It was so cool. I hear it's awesome. Yeah, it's like the best costume party you'll ever attend in your life. So everyone says, um, gigantic and that was party. it's it's insane. Um, and I went to a convention that's new, and in fact, I'm going to again in March is Walker Stalker, which is oh, you're going the, to that. A couple of my friends are going to that. There. That's awesome. I actually may go out to that one because it's in Atlanta, right? Or are you going to the Chicago one? Well, this is Chicago. Okay. I'm hoping they still want me to go to Atlanta. Um, so if that is the case, then I will go to Atlanta in October. But um, the next one coming up is in Chicago. That's so cool. And, and it's just, you know, it's really cool because uh, you get to like – I don't know, face to face. I mean, I have, you know, all the social networks and the Twitter and the Facebook mm -hmm. and those are great, you know, ways of talking to people. But when you can really like actually physically connect with a fan and yeah, and talk about the game and the characters, it's just such a it's a humbling experience for me because I'm just like me, little old me, you right? know. Well, it must just so feel great to have people psyched. excited. Yeah, excited to see you. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, this is an awesome feeling. People are really excited yeah. to see uh -huh. me. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it's still it's still a little crazy. Um, but uh, it's I I actually really enjoy um, going to the conventions because I'm for my own selfish reasons, too. You just get to see so many people. It's the best people watching experience of your life. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some days we'll just go to when we go to conventions and just sit at a table and like have something to drink and stare for like an hour just because yeah. it's amazing. Well, if it's you like, do that, I will totally join you. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think the next ones we're going to, we're going to PAX and then probably Comic-Con. I don't know what else quite yet, but those yeah, are Yeah, I, I know. I need to get on that, that Comic-Con thing. Comic-Con's Apparently great. it's tricky to get into. And of course now I've probably waited till it's too late, but 
I'm just, still going to try. Go stand outside like hobos. And just <laughs> <laughs> Pax is it's a like blast, It's like the Grateful too. Dead. You guys go hang out in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a gigantic party. Yeah, Pax is great, too. We, we have a bunch of questions from our community, and um, we asked, you know, the other day, just over social media, if anybody had questions for you. So we have a couple, and they're, we're going to try and avoid spoilers. I'm not going to ask you anything that can get you in trouble, because I know people are like, what happens next? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not going to ask the what happens next question, because I actually don't want to know. I want to experience it. So um, this one's from Cliffy Joel on Twitter, and he says, how do you feel about the direction Clementine looks to be heading? And he says, I'm personally glad to see her taking care of herself. So I guess he's asking uh, how you feel about the character that she's becoming. Um, Cliffy, Cliffy Joel? Is yeah, Cliffy Joel, yeah. Cliffy Joel. Well, I am, I'm happy with where she's at because, you know, I've, I've heard a few people say that I don't know if I like Clementine's new kind of sassiness or whatever. But I'm like, you know, some some pretty horrible shit's happened to her, you know, and this is just like kind of par for the course you know yeah. she's not it's uh, the innocence unfortunately is just kind of there's a lot there's a loss of that um and i think that where she's at now though even though she still has that kind of like still not bit you know those kinds oh of moments God, of that like, was like my favorite fucking <laughs> line i'm so glad you just did that <laughs> yeah that was just like badass clem all right here we yeah. go you know but then she also still has sweetness to her and she's retained um she's she's still clementine that essence of her innocence and i don't know there's still moments of of light mm-hmm. as opposed to just all darkness so I'm I'm psyched with where her character's at, and at this rate, you know, she's super strong and doing well, and people ask me, well, what are your hopes for her character? I'm like, uh, that she doesn't die. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I hang out with the people from Telltale quite often, and I'm just always kind of like, so, uh, you know, buying them beers, and like, you're not going to uh, kill me, right? Yeah, right. I mean, um, at this point, they... There would be like riots in the street. <laughs> people would be so mad. People would freak out. If, Pitchforks if they... <laughs> and torches. And... Like yeah. even even <laughs> watching her die in like a cutscene where you you fuck up in the in season two, you do something wrong and you know she gets right. mauled or something feels horrible. Like you're like oh god I can't I can't handle this. <laughs> and like I'm gonna say this I don't really like little kids all that much. And so one of the things we talked about <laughs> on the podcast was like I actually really like like. It, between the writing and the voice acting, I really en- ended up enjoying Clementine. And I was like, oh, man, I have to protect her. I was just like, she's a great kid. I'm like, this might be the first child that I like. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, I feel you. I am kind of with you. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, she's endearing and she's not, I, she's not annoying. She's not in the way. She's helpful. She's intuitive. And I mean, there's just so many qualities about her that you're not necessarily even though lee was taking care of her at the Mm -hmm. same time she was still kind of she was still holding her own but she needed extra help Mm -hmm. to figure things out but yeah she's a good kid and that clementine she's a good kid that one (laughs) um so yeah i'm i'm psyched where the where the character's at right now and and uh hopefully she'll continue on we'll lead the riots with pitchforks and torches so no tell yeah, well, don't do it don't do it tell. if i if i could just gush for a second i think right. i think the real turning point for me with clementine was 
um, in season one on the train where Lee kind of grew her up in all of five minutes, you know, where he's like, well, we need to cut your hair and you need to learn how to fire a gun. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really happening now. You know, like, right. Like, this is super serious. Yeah. Well, you know, that's actually one of my favorite scenes. Um, sorry, that's not me peeing. If you're hearing <laughs> that water in the background. That's just foley. You're trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a waterfall. I'm in we were the outside. bathroom right now. I really had to go. Um, someone was filling up their water container. <laughs> um, <laughs> hilarious. Um, that scene uh, on the train was one of my favorite scenes in the voiceover sessions that we had because that was um i don't know i feel like for once too that was one of the first scenes where she was also just like you know we have to get to savannah this is what i want to do kind of like god damn it i want to go find my parents Mm -hmm. you know so it was like this kind of her even showing this strength of like this is what i need to do and but then lee at the same time and the hair and then the shooting of the gun that was just a really sweet (laughs) what a sweet scene (laughs) yeah but it was oh it was so good it was such a good moment you know she was kind of like oh do i have to and i felt like a jerk because i was like yes you have to do this now yeah. i'm sorry yeah it was awesome oh geez um, so our next question is from uh the used gamers on twitter and they ask um what do you feel about clementine oh, sorry what made you feel the per- portrayal of clementine as was such a standout performance and what can other studios and writers learn from it that's a hard question but i guess he's asking um, what can other studios and writers really learn from how port- uh, how Clementine was actually written? Wow. Well, um, I think uh, as far as the character development and general for all of the characters uh, in The Walking Dead, um, there was just, I think it was the realness that really, the realness that really sold uh, the game. Um you know, I God, how do I even how do I how do I answer that? I think the characters just had such a very they're human. They had human emotions. They Clementine like um, the thing with the salt lick. You know what I mean? Like writing little things like that. That's what kids totally do. Like, ooh, don't lick that. It's gross. Did you yeah. lick that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, just those, like those are great little scenes. Yeah, the littlest tiniest things that that made each character very real and and I know that the you know this game and even though it's about zombie apocalypse this game still deals with very real situations and emotions and um a lot of games are a little bit more campy or less realistic um but I don't know I th- I think I definitely see a trend in in how games are going to be transformed I kind of starting with what Telltale did with The Walking Dead and um, I don't know yeah, I don't no. really know how no, do that, I answer that's that a, no, that's a really good answer I mean I, I think like you just said you know the quality of that narration and all those little touches made for a much more realistic experience and like for me I'm not answering for you but for me no, I felt like the writers <laughs> I felt like the writers took their time they didn't like force you to feel yeah. anything. It's like you grew to like Lee and like Clementine over the course of, you know, five episodes. And then by the end, you're very, very vested in those characters, you know? So, um, really cool, really well done the way they did it. It's so. kind of amazing that 
you know, they, they can take something as mundane as just, you know, going into the bathroom and turn it into something that has all of this tension and makes you think about what you're doing. You know, just like yeah, you yeah. take a you take a situation that is otherwise very ordinary and um, you just add a lot of depth, you know, to a to an everyday occurrence. And I think that's that's kind of special in its own right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, they're very meticulous. I mean, they that's I know it's very frustrating because a lot of people with their games are like, you know, when are you going to release the next goddamn episode, you people? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because they, but they, the reason why sometimes these things take a little bit longer for them is they're not going to release an episode until it is like, you know, spit shined and polished. It's like going to be like the best that they can. We go in for pickup sessions, you know, at least four or five times after recording the bulk of uh, of the script because yeah. things change. And I, and I think that's part of it, too, is just like don't, you know, don't put anything out that's subpar. Or, I mean, that's, I think, why they're so successful is yeah. they nail it down to, like, the ultimate best that it can be. And then, and then they release it into the universe. And I, I love how they just, they tell you like a day before it's out, they're like, Oh, it's coming out in two days. Like, <laughs> you're like, thank you. That's awesome. Like I, I'm now very excited. You know, they don't tell you like six months out, like episode two is coming on this day. They just kind of tell you, they're like, okay, here comes right. episode two. I actually really like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that small, that's that small town feel. That's still that kind of, I, I just love it. I, I love that about Telltale. Is they're still, you know, humble, com- humble little Marin County company. Yeah, they're, they're nice guys to deal with too. Um, Andrew from the Droids You Are Looking For pod, sorry, Droids You Are Looking For Canada <laughs> podcast. Uh, he says, nice. I know that um, how emotionally taxing the game was uh, on me for both season one and the first episode of season two. And he asked, how does Clementine affect you? Does it drain you emotionally? Or how does pl- playing Clementine affect you? Does it drain you emotionally? Um, you know, not not really. I, in general, uh, most of my experiences with Clementine, it's not that draining. It's funny, I was just having this conversation with my mom about actors and method acting and, you know, how sometimes it's hard for people to turn it off. And, uh, you know, when we're in the studio... We can be recording, like, uh, in, I don't know if I can spoiler alert this, but episode one of season two, there's that situation with the dog. Oh, my God. I won't yeah. say too much. But that was horrible for me, because I'm a dog person, and I'm yeah. like, Telltale, you people are sick. And, you know, <laughs> exactly I'm like, said too. <laughs> I, had a hard, I had a really hard time with that. That was hard, and I'm a dog person, too. I have two myself. Well, and, and it like, sucks. Holy is- crap. Yeah, and that was just the audio. When I actually saw it, when I played the game, I was like, "Oh God!" I was, I like, actually got my eyes like welled up with tears. Yeah. But um, it just, but it's kind of interesting because I can record something like that and totally be in this like horrible spot as Clementine, and then you know, as soon as the we stop rolling, two seconds later, we're I don't know making some, you know, joke and laughing and and just, and then we're you know rolling again and boom it's back into character um i the but the finale of season one did have me i was depressed like i was depressed before i went into the studio and then afterwards it just felt that day was like the dark cloud that hung over me um so yes i have definitely can be affected um by your character by what i've been doing as clementine I mean, I would imagine just, you know, that would take a lot out of you, especially that last scene in, in you know, season one was just so yeah. rough. So rough. Yeah. 
It was. I'm still, I'm still not was, over it, I don't think. I keep expecting Lee to just kind of pop up and be like, I was just kidding, Clem, and you're like, oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Or if he's just kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, <laughs> just kind of follows her around in spirit form and guides her. That might be a different game, but it'd still be cool. It would be very cool. Um, so me, from this podcast, I ask, can we get Clementine ordering a pepperoni pizza? A pepperoni pizza. Okay. Oh my gosh, I can't handle how cool. Gosh, should I do young little Clementine or oh, well? Let's let's see. Do, what, do just, pissed let's off. See what, yeah, pissed off Clementine's great. Pissed off Clem. All right. Hi, this is Clementine, and I want a pepperoni pizza, and I want the crisp, the crispy crust, not that soggy shit. Okay, and I want you to put black olives on it too, and pineapple, and if it's late. I'm going to cut your throat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just, I don't know. That was maybe a little too angry. That may have been the coolest thing that's happened on the show ever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you lost me. That is fucking incredible. It's hilarious. Um, So we're about out of time. We're going to ask a couple more things uh, before you get out of here. But um, where can people find you social media wise? Um, Where are you on Twitter and Facebook and all that fun stuff? The Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter, which is (laughs) just got hacked the other day. I'm so bad at Twitter. I am. I I apologize now. But I do check it, I swear, and I do respond. Um, That's at Melly Hutch, M-E-L-Y-H-U-T-C-H. That's my uh, Twitter um, and then you can also find me on Melissa Hutchison VO on Facebook. Cool. Awesome. Um, and I know and you're not allowed to talk about any of the episodes coming up, but they're, they're all coming up as soon as they're done. They are. Awesome. They are. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> other, the world um, ends for some reason, know, then. which would be, which would be bad. <laughs> um, would you yeah. have any other projects, secret projects in the works that you're, you're allowed to talk about, um, either voice or. Well, I have some projects and they're not secret. Um, I am, of course, of course, I don't know why this isn't of course, but I am, I play Beauty and Toad Jr. in Fables, The Wolf Among Us, which is the other awesome Telltale game out right now. Yes. Um, And I am going to be, or I am, on a show called The Space Racers, which is an animated series that will be coming out this spring I believe on PBS. Um, We'll have more information about that later on. But um, yeah. Awesome. So those yeah. are the uh, the fables or Wolf Among Us was awesome. Loved it. So I think episode oh, cool. two comes out like Thanks. this week sometime. I think like they sent us. It may have come yeah. out today actually. Might, maybe it, today. I think it might have actually cool. come out today. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we so. we have a signature question that we ask of all our guests, and it's um, what we've been doing for a while. Do you guys want to ask this? I never let you guys ask this. Do you want me to do it? I'm so used to we, we ask it. I feel like you should. <laughs> yeah, you feel like I should ask. Yeah, it? sure. Go yeah. ahead. Um, so we always ask our guests what your secret nerdy hobbies or passions are, and um, it, it's obviously you don't have to reveal it, but it can be stuff that you collect or um, things that you enjoy uh, doing. It sounds gross, but doing in private. <laughs> I'm a furry. <laughs> I dress as a rabbit that wears a g-string, and I go to all the conventions. Come find me. You, you win. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I haven't gone down that hole yet. Wow, that's just sounded that even sounds grosser. Good. Never mind. Well, Dude. No, no speaking um, Let's start that question again. Okay. okay. True, yeah. true story, it doesn't have to real, be. Real quick, true story. 
A friend of mine took a picture of a furry convention like locally here. It was like a small gathering, I guess. And it was on Instagram and I hashtagged it furry. Like not or furries, not thinking like how hashtags work or what they're for. And he he deleted uh, my comment. He was like, dude, really? You're going to hashtag that on my picture for my personal feed? And I was like, what? What's wrong with it? And he's like, I don't necessarily need to attract all of the furries to my furries. Instagram feed just because I took one picture of a furry once. And I was like, oh, good point. Like, Sorry. Why do I keep getting all these? Well, I have all these new friends. <laughs> I was like, forgot uh-huh. how Instagram this works. That's great. my bad. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Um. I'm kind of uh all thing, all things nerd. I'm a huge. Probably one of my things is I actually have like Lord of the Wi- Lord of the Wings, <laughs> Lord of the Wings action figures <laughs> in my house. Um. Huge Tolkien nerd myself. Um, so awesome. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of. <sighs> shit. They don't. Hard I mean, these things don't have to be nerdy in the traditional sense. It could just be something that is your sort of your secret passion, I guess. Yeah. My secret passion. God. Even if what it doesn't fall do under like the, the nerd umbrella per se. Yeah. Like, um, for instance, I'm super into sitcoms for unknown reasons, and I watch them all. I have no <laughs> idea why. <laughs> They're not good. Yeah. I just endlessly watch them because I find them fascinating and I love it. So. <laughs> Well, I I tend to do that too. I do watch a lot of shows. I'm definitely keeping up on that. I don't know. This isn't uh, necessarily so nerdy, but um, let's see. Um, I'm a rock climber, see, and oh, which is see, weird go. and random. But that's kind of sporty spice. That's not. Yeah, yeah. That's necessarily cool. <laughs> I, I appreciate the Spice I mean, Girls reference. I say by the way. that with this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sporty spice. Um, gosh. You know, it's funny because I, I, I almost want to, like, call you back and, like, leave you a message because I cannot think of anything oh, right now. Okay. Apparently, I lead a boring life no, and I do rock, nothing. I don't know. Rock I climbing like is... our silence is getting, like, three or four different things out of you at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have, like, Lord of the Rings collector, you like sitcoms, and you like climbing rocks. I think that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it should be. The thing is, I've never... Obviously, since I normally do these interviews, I've never been asked this. But if someone asked me this, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know everything. <laughs> do nothing. I just love everything. I don't I know. Sit... Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of everything in life. I am. <laughs> everything. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I don't know. If I think I'm totally gonna like leave you, I'm gonna send you an email. If I All think right. of something. Awesome. Else. We can. We can always add it in later. I love it. We'll, we'll do All a right. voiceover. We'll try and recreate your voice. And... Be me. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, just sound like a. To- there you go. My voice. It's funny because when I when I'm talking and I hear myself in interviews, I'm like, oh my god, is that how you sound? <laughs> I'm like the biggest dork on the face of the planet. So <laughs> feel free to try to do my voice. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming and hanging out, and um, we really appreciate it. We're obviously huge fans of, of you and your work, and um, we hope to see you at one of these upcoming shows, and we'll, we will we'll take you up on the Go People Watching adventure yes. that you mentioned, and we'll go stare at uh, convention cool. goers together. That would be totally awesome. I would... I would be honored to join you in that. <laughs> and, you, and if you guys want to chat more at when season two is a wrap, oh, yeah. I'd be... Oh, yeah. Definitely. Super psyched to come back it. as well. Yeah, we love having people back on. So once once you're on once, it's kind of like a, a terrible cool. club that you don't want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, you're like calling me tomorrow. Hey, what did you do <laughs> last night? Oh, What's my God, up? really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everybody out there listening to me blather on about me. Uh, 
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, Rated NA episode 138. And a big thanks to our guest, uh, Melissa Hutchison from The Walking Dead. She will be back. She'll be back. Yeah, this is great. I'm excited already to have her back. Yes. So she'll be back a little bit later when season two wraps up, hopefully. And uh, we'll hang out with her some more and talk some more. Um, if you guys want to contact us, you can find us on Twitter. And that's at NerdAppropriate. And make sure to follow us there. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and um, you know you can do that on iTunes or uh, we have a feed burner as well, so RSS there. Um, you can email us all directly, and some of you guys did that this week, so thank you so much. And that's uh, Matt Scott Hillary with one L and Ash at nerdappropriate dot com. Uh, if you want, if you want to add us on Facebook, we're just slash nerdappropriate on Facebook, and uh, we'll see you guys next week for some more shenanigans. 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 See Later, you. guys. Bye. you can tour cape cod chip factory that's dangerous. oh yeah i'm gonna go do that i would rob that place by eating all the chips with my face <laughs> it's really close to where my mom grew up where is it in cape cod oh. <laughs> <laughs> and scene <laughs> i was sidetracked by something else i was like i was like half giving you half of my cognitive resources at the moment <laughs>